Las Vegas, and I'll be filling in for, or I am filling in for Pastor Tom again today. And uh, again, Pastor Tom, I thank you for the opportunity to do so. It truly is uh, an honor and a blessing. I just want to uh, let everyone know, in case you uh, would like to uh, find me, you can find me on YouTube by searching Kurt Reed, that's C-U-R-T. R-E-E-D. You can also find us on our uh, free app on the App Store, Calvary Chapel Harvest Life. And I hope that you all do so. In fact, uh, after this program tonight at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on my own channel, uh, we've got our weekly Maranatha Prophecy Update service at 6 p.m. Hope you all jump on over there and uh, check that out tonight as well. We'll be covering some great things there, and I, I pray and hope that you'll be encouraged in your faith as well. So, all right, well, uh, today's title is Why Does This Matter? You'll see when we start talking about the things that we're going to be talking about, but I've got a really special guest on, super excited to have him on, and uh, we'll be talking and, and kind of bantering back and forth and discussing some of these issues, but uh, would you welcome Olivier Melnick? Olivier Melnick, you there, Olivier? Yes, I am, Kurt. Thanks for having me. Or should we say thank you, Tom, for having us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, a great pleasure for me to, uh, to be on the show again and to get to do something with you. Uh, and so uh, I'm glad to be here. Hey, that's it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm super excited uh, about this today and everything. And uh, hey, I've got to say something because I know if I don't say it, uh, Pookie, who is often on the chat, he probably is going to say this, especially today, because both you and I are on this. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. I haven't even I don't think I've mentioned this to you before. But Pookie's on there saying all the time that that uh, you and I look alike or something. I don't know. I, I don't know where he's. Uh, I don't know where he's gets that but i mean we uh we're brothers in the lord we know that That's for right. sure that, and uh, i don't know but it's funny because pookie is also my moderator when i do my uh my weekly or every every other week uh live show and uh, he's a wonderful brother yeah he is he is a wonderful brother and uh so but uh i just think uh <laughs> it's, it's hilarious he's always saying that he said i look like i could be your your little brother or something like that so <laughs> i almost i'm okay with that I almost wore a hat today, like in some of your photos, you know, you've got that. And I just to mess with people. I don't know. But anyhow, anyhow. So how's everything going with you? Doing good? Doing good. We're uh, we're still, you know, we moved about a little over a year ago. We moved from Washington State to uh, to Texas. We're in the Dallas area and uh, great opportunities for ministry uh, and uh, great teaching opportunities as well. And uh, we we just love Texas. You know, we 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 just that was a good move for us. We uh, we finally defected from Washington State. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> defected from Washington State. That's great. That's great. All right, so today we're talking about why does this matter? We got a number of things that we were already discussing before we came on today. So um, uh, let's get started. What's uh, what's on your heart? Well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the date, and 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 just like a few days ago, uh, uh, the night of November 9th through tenth. 
was the anniversary, the 84th anniversary of a very important event. Uh, it should be important to, to, to everybody, but it's especially important to Jewish people around the world. It is known as Kristallnacht or the Night of Broken Glass. And that event took place in Germany in, uh, again, uh, November 9, 10, uh, 1938. So it was the 84th uh, anniversary and we commemorated that time. Uh, uh, and this was a time where uh, there was a, a massive uh, pogrom and boycott of Jewish businesses. When you see those pictures of those Nazis uh, uh, drawing uh, white stars of David on on windows, or or writing writing the words Juden, you know, Jew, on windows, or breaking stores, uh, burning synagogues. There was something like. Uh, close to over 7,500 uh, properties destroyed. Uh, only about 91 or 92 Jewish people died. But as a result of the Kristallnacht, the, the, this concerted effort to destroy Jewish property and, and, and push the Jewish people in further uh, demonization and ostracizing even further, as a result, 30,000 Jews were taken into deportation to, at the time, what were known as concentration camps. They ended up being death camps towards the end of the war, but uh, they were sent to deportation. Uh, and uh, when you look at history books, uh, uh, scholars and historians, serious ones uh, at least, will all agree that Kristallnacht, uh, November 9th, 10th of 1938, was the the the, the 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 marker the beginning of the uh the final solution to the jewish question which is a euphemism for the holocaust so it's an important date this is when everything became official uh that the nazis nazis really started to push their death machine uh a lot further a lot faster and go get the jews all over europe to bring them back to their death so Kristallnacht, my, my, the reason why I bring it up every year on my on my uh, on my website, by the way, if people are looking, it's newantisemitism.com, newantisemitism.com. Uh, um, the reason why I bring it up because I always, ask, I, Kurt, I always ask the question: Could Kristallnacht happen again today? And you look at the things that uh, that that took place, uh, you know, the uh, identif identification of the Jews, the demonization of the Jews, the uh, the ostracism, you know, putting putting them together in a, in a ghetto and in stealing and, and, and destroying their property, and then uh, 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 describing them as a subhuman race and wanting to get rid of them. Could this happen again today? And I've been working on, on, uh, you know, on, on teaching Christians uh, how to fight anti-Semitism for almost 25 years. And I can, I can tell you it could happen again. I, I have no doubt in my mind. So, so, uh, so it matters, you know, the, the title of the show, why does it matter? Uh, well, it matters, you know, there are many things matters to, to, to believers, but what, what should matter to believers? What should matter is that we should learn from history, we should know history, and, and and you know, and sometimes the history against the Jews belongs to the church. I, I hate to say this, but sometimes some of the history against the Jews belongs to the church. So the church needs to own up, and we are. I mean, I'm Jewish, but I'm part of the church as well. You're part of the church, and we need to let people know that we are aware that some of those things done against the Jewish people were done by quote unquote Christians. It doesn't mean that we agree. But we need to, we need to, uh, to, to. Otherwise, if you if you don't talk about it, if you don't make reference to it, if you don't teach the next generation, then we're guilty of something similar to what we've heard lately: cancel culture.
And we can't, we can't let that happen. So. Right. Right. No, I agree. And in fact, you know, as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'd like you to answer this question here. And so why is it that Satan specifically motivates people to want to see the absolute destruction and elimination of the Jews? For example, we don't see that with the Thai people. Uh, that are, you know, that are into, uh, you know, and they uh, both culturally and religiously, uh, they follow Buddha, Buddhism, or, or whether we're looking at any other group or any other nation or whatever. Why is it that the Jews and Israel proper or Israel nationally, why is it that they are specifically attacked? Well, it's 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 a good question, uh, uh, and um, you know that that's actually uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to put an article on my website uh, today or tomorrow that address part of that question uh, because you know I, I talk about the fact that a lot of people uh, write some great books about anti-Semitism and the Holocaust and and uh, and the hatred of the Jews, but they miss one uh, one aspect of it. Is the the spiritual um, the aspect of it? Satan is behind anti-Semitism, and but why is it? Why is it? Uh, well, the and most people don't see it. They 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 they, they don't see the spiritual battle that that is raging uh, at the core of all this. Satan basically. Uh, we know he's a fallen angel. He, he's, he went against God. He's con continuing to go against God, and he's going to do that his whole career. Uh, but Satan. Uh, it might surprise our audience. Satan knows the Bible probably better than you and I. He knows the Bible pretty well. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not uh, omnipresent. Not like God, because Satan is a created being. But he knows the Bible. He knows prophecy. And what does he know? He knows that at the end of the seven-year tribulation, all Jewish people together will look upon the one who they have pierced and call and, 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 and cry for him like one uh, uh, mourns for an only son. That's Zechariah 12.10. At the end of the seven-year tribulation, the Jewish people are going to go, oh. they're probably going to go, oi, we missed the Messiah the first time. He is the Messiah. Jesus, Yeshua is the Messiah. And they're going to go, we, we, we have to call on him. And what Christians really don't realize is that it is not until Israel corporately calls on Yeshua and says, blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord, Baruch Hashem Adonai, that Yeshua, Jesus, comes back with all the saints that he would have taken with him during the rapture. And when that happens, Kurt, Satan is out of a job. Satan is no longer the prince of the power of the air. Satan becomes this uh, this prisoner uh, of 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 hell basically he's not the boss but he becomes he's thrown in and uh, uh and, and 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 he's 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 done he, and satan knows what's going on in the lake of fire and he's not looking forward to it he's not looking forward to eternal torment but he'll be one of the first one thrown but he's thinking and is in his little mind he's going what if i could get all the jews to reject jesus and all the christians to reject the Jews. That's a double way to push the Jews away from Jesus. And then if they don't call on him, or if they don't call on Jesus because they hate anything that has to do with Jesus, which is basically my people will do, will go for anything but Jesus, 
You know, it's just amazing how Jews can believe in anything but Jesus and remain Jewish. You believe in Jesus, you're not a Jew anymore. That's nonsense. That's for another day. But it's either Jews walking away from Jesus and not believing in him or Christians not helping Israel, not loving the Jews and becoming even sometimes without even knowing it, anti-Semitic. So Satan's going, I'm going to push the Jews away from Jesus or push the Christians against the Jews. In both cases, I'm preventing the Jews, I'm preventing Israel from calling on Yeshua to return. And I, this is job security for me. So that's what he's thinking. That is why he created anti-Semitism. That is why he's pushing for it. And it's, it's completely irrational, but only Satan and his posse can make the irrational look and sound rational yeah absolutely and and the other thing too is that the adversary our adversary satan he wants to prevent god's word from being fulfilled correct right? so we've talked about this uh, in regards to as we were actually beginning uh, in the discussion here in regards to nazi germany and uh, pre-World War II Nazi Germany even specifically. Of course, we know historically that uh, all of the, uh, the cogs were moving, things were in motion uh, with Israel, speaking of the land, and uh, already at that time in the 1930s, actually going back into the, into the latter 1800s there, and then moving forward into the earlier 1900s and so on. And look, we know that the enemy, as you already said, he knows the word very well. That's the reason why he's able to uh, twist it like he does, right? And he knows, hey, Scripture said that they're going to come back into the land right, that they're going to retain their language and, and, and so many different things. He also knows that Messiah is going to come back at the end of that seven-year period of time. During that seven-year period of time, there's going to be a temple there again on Temple Mount. So the, and so many other things. And so the enemy knows what the Word of God says. So what does the enemy try to do? Uh, starting all the way back there in the 1930s, and going into the, the 40s there, try and exterminate the Jews. Try and prevent so that there's, if you, if you don't have the Jews, then you don't have an Israel, right? I mean, absolutely. And, and even looking back further, you, 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 people seem to forget that Satan was already busy before the first coming of Messiah. He tried to corrupt the human race in, in Genesis 6 right. with the, you know, the sons of uh, uh, the sons of God and the, and the daughters of man and, and trying to corrupt the human race so that it, it would it would it would put a, 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 some kind of a stop in the human race so that the Messiah could, couldn't be born. And he tried to stop the first coming from happening. Of course, you cannot stop God's program. Uh, and uh, uh, he is working really hard right now to stop the second coming because the first coming, he still has time to do his, his, his dirty business. But second coming of, of Messiah, the end of the seven-year tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, it's over for him. So he's, 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 like, he's running on fumes right now. Right. And there's and there's been many attempts, right? whether we're looking at uh, Haman or, you know, uh, many of these attempts to try and prevent the line leading to Messiah, uh, to exterminate the Jews uh, entirely, all of those things. And so all of this discussion here brings us a little bit more up to date to some things that have been going on recently and is still going on, uh, has been in the news having to do with Kanye West. So uh, what do you have to say about that? Uh, okay, so 
I, I, I have an article in the video on my YouTube channel as well on Kanye West. And, um, the, the, you know, a lot of people uh, in my field uh, can have a tendency to use the word anti-Semitism a little too freely. And then it's just like, this is anti-Semitic, this is anti-Semitism. And we have to be careful. We have to really look at what is said and what is done. But at the end of the day, when people listen to what Kanye said, there was no way it could be taken in any other context than being anti-Semitic. So, that, so I just want to say that up front. There's no way that what he said, nobody can come and say, well, this is not really what he meant. You misunderstood. No, we did not misunderstand. He said, he made some comments that were very anti-Semitic. Uh, and not only that, but he, you know, I think what, what really just finished him is when he said, I can say all the anti-Semitic blank that I want, Adidas will not drop me. And that was a very cocky way of saying, I'm too important for people to drop me. I can say anything I want against the Jews. And that was, of course, not true. They dropped him. But that's not mm -hmm. the issue. Uh, a lot of people, including, unfortunately, and I think she just came back with some kind of an explanation, uh, and I, I really like her. I like her uh, conservatism and her, her, her approach, uh, Candace Owens, uh, you know, a young black uh, woman who's very, very bright, and and, and she, she has a lot to offer uh, to the conversation. Uh, and she uh, she and Kanye West are friends, and that's that's okay. I mean, I have friends who make mistakes. We remain friends. We just try to kind of navigate through the mistake and 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 see how we can, uh, you know, repair some of the mistakes or whatever. But uh, um, uh, she and uh, and Kanye uh, are friends. And when he made those statements, she said something that really bothered me. She said, "Come on, we know he was not trying to start another Holocaust." And and that really bothered me. That to me indicated that she really does not understand anti-Semitism and she doesn't understand the history of the Jewish people. Because, like I put in my article, uh, and uh, and the, the the title of the article was uh, Martin Luther, Kanye West, and the Jews. It's complicated. And so, what I explained is that Martin Luther, uh, in the last two years of his life. Uh, more than that, but mostly in the last few years of his life, made, wrote some very, very vitriolic, very, very caustic comments against the Jews that exist to this day. They are in his work. They should not be deleted. He said it. Uh, and but but Martin Luther was not trying to start a Holocaust or or uh, or any kind of, of, of uh, eradication of the Jewish people. But he wrote those he wrote those words. They exist. They were taken by Hitler. And Hitler, actually, some of these people on trial at Nuremberg after the war, basically said, "Hey, we're just finishing what Hitler, what um, what the Martin Luther started." So you got somebody who says something doesn't really mean, "Well, we're going to kill them all," but he says things that, if if you take it at face value, this is what he said, even though he didn't act on it. Then Hitler comes in a few hundred years later and says, "Oh." Good, I'll take care of it. So Kanye West, of course, I agree with with uh, uh, Candace Owens, was not trying to start another Holocaust. No question about it. I don't. I, I don't believe that. But who is going to come after him and pick up on those words and say, "Hey, if Kanye believes that, 
let's let's move it a little further and let's start acting towards that goal. And you've seen uh, uh, in several states, actually, when it started in California, that uh, uh, awful uh, group of, of uh, anti-Semite known as Goyim TV uh, put those banners uh, over uh, uh, freeway bridges saying Kanye West was was right. Uh, they also there's also like a, a light uh, words in made of light scrolling on a building in a stadium in Georgia, I believe, during a, 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 a game, a football game, I believe, where it says the same thing, Kanye was right. And so you have people that are starting to becoming more emboldened to, to, to act upon what Kanye said. So words that you write or words that you say uh, uh, might be uh, just words, but words carry a lot of meaning and can be dangerous. That is why when I give my definition of anti-Semitism, I say anti-Semitism is the irrational, satanic hatred of the Jewish people and of Israel characterized by thoughts, words, and or deeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so, so true, uh, unfortunately. And, and you know, when you've got someone like Kanye, he's got such a platform, you know? And when you've got these different uh, music artists and whatnot, I mean, they're practically worshiped. So if they 30 say- He's got 30 million followers. Yeah. So if they say something, everyone, you know, treats it like, you know, like these people are a god or something. And look, the, the reality is this, uh, Olivier, is that words do matter. The, in fact, the word, the word of God says that that what uh, proceeds out of the mouth comes from the heart. It's deep down there, whether you whether you even recognize it or not, but but it's there and it, it and proceeds out of the mouth because it comes from the the root or the soil uh, of the heart. And in fact, when you were talking about the, uh, those ones that were gathered there at the top of the uh, that freeway there in California with those banners and everything, uh, they were they were giving the Nazi salute too. And did you see that? Yes. They're giving the Nazi yes. salute. I mean, I mean, and so it just it just one thing leads to another. You know, we were we grew up on the statement sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me. Well, I'll tell you what. Sticks and stones today are because it started with the words yesterday. It started exactly. with the words yesterday. And, and I'll tell you something else too. Hey, you know, yeah, sticks and stones are bad. Uh, any kind of physical violence, whatever, that's a bad thing too. But I have been I, I'm sure you have we all have been seriously wounded by words. So oh, really, words do make a difference. Yeah, and, and I would encourage uh, our audience uh, uh, if they want to get a, uh, you know, a, 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 a biblical refresher on the power of words to revisit James 3, James chapter 3. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's got some really powerful verses on the power of words. So to mm. think before you speak and, 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 uh, and you know, weigh your words very carefully because words. Uh, 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 the way when when I preach on on James three, I uh, what I tell people is when you say something and and, and that you're going to regret, it's like going out on the day of very high wind and you take a feather pillow, and then you rip the feather pillow and you just let it rip in the air on the high wind day, and you go, oh no, I got to go get the feathers back. Right. Can't. It's gone. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
You know, I was, I was looking at this uh, article here. Uh, actually, this is directly from the United Nations uh, site there, and the title on their, on their site, Commission of Inquiry, finds that Israeli occupation is unlawful under international law. Uh, and then it says uh, from New York, there are reasonable, this is what they said, there are reasonable grounds to conclude that the Israeli occupation of Palestinian I'll say so-called Palestinian territory is now unlawful under international law due to its permanence and the Israeli government's de facto annexation policies. According to the first report to the General Assembly issued today, this was a couple weeks ago, by the United Nations Independent International Commission of Inquiry on the, and I'm going to say like this, occupied Palestinian territory, including East Jerusalem and Israel. Uh, so uh, look, guys, uh, the word of God speaks about the whole world is going to be against her. The whole world is. And uh, I don't know if you've got the, the stats. Uh, I've got them somewhere buried in my, in my computer here. But uh, the UN uh, has issues more resolutions against Israel, tiny little little Israel, than against all the other world combined. North Korea, Sudan, Iran, you name it. But Israel gets all the attention. Yes, I was going to pull the stats. Uh, uh, I, I mentioned to you that I was going to pull them, and I forgot to pull them. And I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, distract the uh, the whole show here and then look for them on my computer. But yeah, it's like uh, I think it's like double the um, the uh, resolutions against Israel. As and you take everybody in the world, and then Israel is like double just for Israel, and at least in the last three or four years, it's almost, it's something like 15 to 17 of those against Israel, when you have like five or six against the world. When you when you think about all the human right uh, uh, violation in China or or, or Sudan or or, um, or Iran or, or, you know, all, plenty of countries that should be on the list and they are not. And now, now what, what people need to understand is that uh, the United Nothing, as uh, uh, as we can call them, uh, the United Nations, uh, basically they uh, uh, they passed those resolutions, but ninety nine point nine percent of them, if not all of them, are non binding. They're not legal. They don't have the weight of a, they, they, legally. They have no weight. They're non binding. But I look at them at like more Kanye West uh, words. They are words put on paper uh, as a resolution against Israel that people are going to go like, see, if the UN says that, then let me just help them in that area. And people are going to pick up on those words and, and, and do things that maybe the UN was not intending on doing, but uh, they just said it. They, they set a precedent and they encourage people to go against Israel. And this, of course, I mean, this would be a, a topic for a whole an, a, another show, but this is, of course, based on a completely false narrative that people are now buying without questioning. Fifty years ago, the narrative of the Palestinian people, the Palestinian stolen land, was being pushed at the, at the you know in the early stage by Arafat, 
uh, and and um, and 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 his his croonies, and people were not really buying it hook line and sinker. They were questioning. They were uncomfortable. Now it's now it's it's accepted. Nobody questions the fact that Palestinians are real people with a real country that was stolen by Israel. Nobody questions that. And and when I say the fact, I should say nobody questions the story, the narrative. But it's not. A fact. It is a narrative that was uh, basically uh, invented and promoted, and continues to be promoted to uh, towards only one goal: get rid of all the Jews, push them all in in uh, in the sea uh, to get rid of them. And uh, uh, by the way, when you know when you hear a two-state solution, a two-state solution is only a temporary solution towards a one-state solution, which would be a Palestinian state. Okay, let's let's call it what it is. A two-state solution is just to give uh, 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 the the the, the uh, Palestinian Authority enough time to grab power and settle uh, factions wherever they want them, so that they can push the Jews and get rid of them to then become the one state uh, of Palestine that they're dreaming of. Yeah, and and if I can add to that, from the two-state solution, the ultimate goal of the enemy is to lead to the final solution. Right. That's the ultimate goal right. is to lead to the final solution. And when we talk about Palestinians, look, that's, that's a whole invented thing. It goes all the way back to the Romans. All right. They, it does. And I, I have, uh, uh, I, I've done several videos on my YouTube channel on that, but I have a dictionary in my, uh, in, on my shelf here, a French dictionary from 1939. So 1939 is nine years before Israel became a, a country. Uh, a modern nation, I should say. Israel has always existed since, you know, I mean, for like thousands of years, but uh, become the modern nation of Israel. And um, so back then it was still called Palestine. It became Palestine, uh, you know, when uh, Emperor Hadrian, in the first century, basically went after the Jews and, you know, humiliated the Jewish people and called Israel Palestina and called Jerusalem Aila Capitolina, just to kind of de-Judaize the whole thing and take any, any, vestige of, of 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 jewish heritage any any name anything just take it all away just to, to humiliate the jews and the name stuck i don't like it but it's stuck but until 1948 it was just a description of a, of a, a landmass it was not politically charged at all it became politically charged to the point where it is today uh after the rebirth of israel as a modern nation but the the point is in that dictionary i have when you open it to the flag page you look at the flag of germany 1939 and you definitely see this red flag with a white circle with the swastika in it that's the german flag in 1939 it is that's the nazi flag on the opposite page you go under palestine there is a flag it says palestine 1939 it's before Israel was reborn as a nation. And you see a light blue and a white, two squares making a rectangle with a yellow Jewish star in the middle. That is the Palestinian flag in 1939. Mm. So the Palestinian flag in 1939 is a Jewish flag. Why is that? Because Palestine is Israel. And Palestine was just a name. And in Palestine, there were Jewish Palestinian Jews and Palestinian Arabs, because Palestine was describing a landmass, but it was not connected to a people group or a culture or customs or or anything. When you look at Palestinians today, they speak Arabic, they eat Arabic food, they have a, an Arabic culture. And uh, so it is unfortunately, I mean, and these people are victims of their own leaders, but uh, they are, and they need Jesus just like the Jews, just like anybody else. 
but they are uh, they are uh, they are used by their own people to uh, to push an agenda that is certainly made up. It's, it is not based on facts. Yeah, true, very true. And yeah, and if you keep on telling a lie long enough, look, Washington D.C. does this all the time, right? You keep on telling a lie long enough, eventually people will believe it just because it's so familiar to them. You know, That's right. and and so that is what we've seen has been developing over the ages. And again, it goes back to what was said that words matter. And then you see the various words uh, that are spoken and then it leads to increased violence in the West Bank and and all of those kinds of things. Now, when we talk about all of these things, you know, there was something I was thinking about uh, this morning. You know, you've got this uh, this nutcase, uh, Yuval Noah Harari. And uh, and his little uh, sidekick there, uh, Klaus Schwab, you know, how do they what's what's your thoughts on them as how they uh, come into the picture here and uh, uh, from from, uh, you know, Jewish heritage, all of that. And and the interesting thing is you've got this Yuval Noah Harari, by the way, for those that are watching, uh, we're talking about uh, these two men here that are influential in a, in a not good way, obviously, with the World Economic Forum, the WEF, globalism, all of that. We know that that's all part of or will be part of uh, the Antichrist uh, uh, final empire and all the final Antichrist final empire. And just in that whole globalism push and everything. The interesting thing is that uh, Yuval Noah Harari is Jewish and uh, he, he seems to hate Israel. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I it, it puzzles me. It puzzles me that uh, there are Jews, or you know, who, who actually are. Uh, it, it, it's it's almost as hard for me to say the words anti-Semitic Jews because that doesn't make any sense grammatically speaking. You know, what do you mean? That, 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 that's an oxymoron. Right. Well, there are Jews like him who. You know, he doesn't care about Israel. You know, Klaus Schwab has... Uh, is Klaus Schwab, does he have Jewish uh, lineage? Uh, you I know, don't... Uh, here's the thing with Klaus Schwab. I've, I've been trying to track that down uh, just briefly. I haven't really spent the time on it. It, it, it seems as though... Uh, he may. In fact, I've gotten. I've again. This is. I'm not saying this is official, but uh, possibly some some family ties there to uh, to the Rothschilds. Uh, again, I'm I'm not certain on any of that. On uh, his I, I don't know, but I mean, you have here. Here is the thing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at that. Is uh, you know, is uh, counselors like you know Harari, the, the, that guy who's Jewish, definitely is Israeli, right? Uh, and uh, and I, I just cannot agree with 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 his you know policies and with his philosophy. I mean, the guy is definitely helping set the stage for the Antichrist. Uh, uh, but here's here's something. Uh, it's a little different for me because I'm Jewish, so it, maybe it's it it, it doesn't really uh, uh, ring the same. But for somebody like you who's not Jewish, to say that you do not like him and you do not like his policies and his philosophy and where his where is you know the direction he's taking that doesn't mean you're anti-semitic so you can uh, actually disagree with jews and israelis and policies and not be anti-semitic 
So yeah, we, you know, it's, I just want to bring that up because people say, well, as soon as you go against somebody Jewish or anything Israel to do with Israel, you're anti-Semitic, and then you know people play the anti-Semitic card. No, I'd be the first one to say I don't support that guy. I don't like uh, uh, the, the, what what George Soros is doing, and he's got Jewish blood. And it doesn't, you know, there's people in our government in the U.S. that are Jews, and I, I, I don't support their, anything that they're doing. But that does not make one an anti-Semite. So we have to be able to really define, uh, you know, when people hate the Jews, do they hate them because they're Jews, or do they do do they disagree with their policies? And 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 there's nothing anti-Semitic about it. And right. uh, so. We, I just, just you know, as far as what they're doing, uh, uh, I think it's a shame that a man like this. I mean, he, he's that that man of uh, giving uh, Klaus Schwab some advice is probably not helping the Jewish people because he's uh, he's probably helping anti-Semites look at him and go, see, the Jews are trying to control the world, which is one of the oldest. Uh, uh, anti-Semitic uh, tropes uh, that have been going forever. That we are, uh, we we our goal is to control the banks, control the world, control Hollywood, control everything. And uh, so that's you know that's one of those uh, those uh, uh, lies uh, to, to 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 that the Jews are painted as you know control freak for the entire planet. Right. Well, and again, uh, you tell a lie long enough or often enough, and eventually people can begin to believe it just because of the familiarity with it. Now, the things that, that uh, uh, Yuval Harari are doing definitely is not in the best interest of Israel. That we know for sure. Uh, in fact, the things that, that this guy is doing aren't even in the best interest of mankind as a whole. I, I actually think that the guy is, is anti I know this is going to sound weird to even say it, but like anti-human, like like uh, he's he's so into transhumanism and 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 protection of the planet at the expense of the people. You know, it's like let, let let's care for the planet, forget the people that are on the planet. The people are bad. You know, I mean, it's just it's a mess what these guys are are, are doing, and certainly what they are doing is, uh, I believe, going to play into the. Um, uh, the hand of of uh, the final antichrist you know any of these well, I, these pushes towards globalism absolutely there's uh you know there's a lot going on in the world scene right now that uh uh that are really showing us that um the planet the the on a global scale is being conditioned for the coming of the antichrist and the short three and a half year kingdom half of the tribulation uh, uh kingdom of the antichrist um, it's, uh, that's why for me, uh, you know, it is, uh, it, 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 it just, um, uh, 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 encourages me and, 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 and really it, it's, um, gives me the incentive, uh, to double my efforts on letting people know about Jesus before it's too late. Because I mean, people will, some people will survive the tribulation or will die as martyrs during the tribulation after they're left behind and will, will still be, uh, uh, you know, spending time in eternity with God, but there's a lot of people that are going to be swayed the other way, and they're going to follow the Antichrist, and they're going to regret it. And, and it, when I say regret it, this is not something that's going to be just for a time. It's you know, it's the lake of fire and brimstone for eternity. And people don't talk enough about the consequences of rejecting Jesus. Yeah, so true. It's uh, I mean, it's really so sad. You know, hey, have you? Uh, what have you? Uh 
read in regards to this uh, Messiah character there that uh, that some of these rabbis uh, are well, so interested in? I, well. I was going to write on an article on him, and I thought, who am I writing the article for? Because my audience is mostly Christians, and I'm thinking, who in the Christian, and I hope I'm right in that. I did not write the article because I'm thinking, what a waste of my time to tell Christians, we know he's not the Messiah, so so why do we, I mean, I don't think there are any serious evangelicals following this guy, uh, saying like, you know, he's, you know, he's the Messiah. The Jewish community is starting to think that uh, he's got uh, messianic um, uh, abilities and he's done, uh, I haven't checked lately, but last time I checked, he had done five healings uh, and um, uh, or what people see as healings. Is it true? I don't know. We know in the end, you know, the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to do miracles. Now, is he the Antichrist? I don't think so. Is he the false prophet? I don't think so. Uh, but again, Kurt, this is showing you how desperate the world is to, to come to this uh, global agreement that we all need to hold hands and, and move towards a one world government when everybody is going to be equal and we're all going to love one another and there won't be any more pain and suffering. And uh, I am looking forward to the one world government, but that is the one world government of, of not the Antichrist, but the Christ when Jesus comes back and sets up his millennial messianic kingdom on earth for a thousand years. And that's just the beginning of the one world government that you want to be a part of. Right. Amen. Amen to that. Well, you know, when you look back in, uh, in the Old Testament there and you see the, the uh, uh, miracles, if you want to call it that, from uh, Janus and, and Jambres, right? And uh, look, I mean, the, the enemy can, what, what God provides, uh, Satan loves to try to twist or pervert, you know? And, He's a great deceiver. He'll take everything and turn it to his advantage. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the word says, when, when talking about this guy, that there will be those false Christs, right? We were warned that, that there are going to be those saying, oh, look, I'm he, I'm, I'm the one, I'm the guy. I don't know if you ever saw this or not. Uh, this was, <clears throat> I want to say maybe going back maybe 10 years ago or so. Uh, maybe I'm going back too far, maybe a few years. But uh, there in Russia, there was this guy who uh, uh, was saying that he's, that he's the Messiah, <laughs> you know? And uh, did you ever see that? You ever read the articles on that? I'm not sure that I remember that one. Yeah, right, right there from Russia. And oh my goodness, this guy had so many like people just physically there that followed this guy and his online presence. So many people from all over the world worship this guy. Uh, the last I heard, I think he's in prison in Russia now. Uh, I don't know what the, uh, for what, but you know, I mean, the amount of followers and it just, and it blows my mind how people will just so easily uh, just fall for a lie, you know? It fall, yeah, they fall, you know, there's something attractive and somehow, uh, again, Satan has made it very, very uh, easy for people to reject anything about Jesus and, and, and just adopt and adhere to anything that is, uh, that is other than Jesus. It always, this is really neither here nor there, but it always amazes me 
that when people swear, they never swear in the name of Buddha, in the name, in the name of Muhammad, in the name of 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 the Pope, in the name. They only swear. They only use the name Jesus to swear. I have never right. said, and I have never heard anybody say Buddha. Why is that? Because the enemy wants to turn everybody against the only one who's the truth. Right to to to, to take uh, the Lord's name in vain and to and to make to try and make the name of the Lord as a, as a curse word, you know. And exactly. again, it's a, this is always the attempt of the enemy to to twist things, right? I mean, it goes all the way back to the garden. What did God really say? Right to start raising that that seed of doubt, and that's what he does, right? To just raise that seed of doubt in people's minds. Well, do you really have the assurance of your salvation? Right? Can you really be sure? You know? Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. you can be sure. We do have the assurance of our salvation. You know, in fact, uh, the Lord even made it very clear that that no one is going to snatch us out of uh, out of God's hands, right? Yeah. And I tell you what, I tell you what. Uh, the best assurance of our salvation is the assurance that God has given us of the existence of Israel and the yeah. covenants he made with Israel and the fact that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he made eternal, unconditional covenants with Israel and he's keeping his word, you know that if he keeps his word against all human odds of what Israel has gone through and continues to go through and the fact that God is keeping his word on that you know that the same God we have a relationship with the same God when he says that we're saved because it's a free gift from him through the death and resurrection of Yeshua we can trust that so the existence of Israel is like a guarantee for us that God is telling us the truth Amen to that, you know, uh, and you talk about this whole uh, replacement theology and everything. Well, it's not it's not biblical. It's not in the word of God. Right. God keeps his word. God keeps his covenants. Right. And, and like we've said before, hey, if God is through with the Jew, then then you can't trust God. Then God may be through with you. That's right. Right. If he's Think about it. If he's through with the Jew, then he then he may be through with you too, because then then everything's on the table. Everything is on the table. You can't trust anything that God says, which goes against the word of God, which he he clearly he says it and he demonstrates it that God is faithful. He's faithful. I mean, if if the way he's been faithful to Israel in miraculous ways is 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 a, a testimony to how faithful he is to us and how patient he is with us so. right and and you know kind of dovetailing off of this here for just a moment you had had mentioned about uh, something about the the miracle of israel or or or, or look let, let's talk about this for just a moment the miracle of modern day Israel. I think uh, maybe maybe some people, maybe some of the viewers here, maybe just by by way of um, um, uh, a refresher course, uh, so to speak here. What are some of the miracles of modern day Israel? What about the miracle of them retaining the language? What, what do you uh, have to say about that? Well, uh Hebrew was was not a you know a language that was being used uh, prior to 1948. It was just used in liturgy and prayers, and uh, and a man by the name of Eliezer ben Yehuda uh, moved from Eastern Europe, moved back to Israel, and started working on the first Hebrew modern Hebrew dictionary. And he spent 
I think more than 20 years to, 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 until he died, uh, developing this uh, this dictionary to revive a dead language. It's like us today saying Latin is going to be revived and everybody in Italy is going to start speaking Latin. People would go like, whatever, that's not possible. Well, it probably isn't possible, but for Hebrew, it's exactly what happened. It was a dead prayer language. It was a prayer language used only in synagogue uh, services and uh, it became the modern language. So now you see a language that used, that was only used in prayer books and liturgy. You see it on uh, you know storefronts and, uh, and, and magazines and uh, in Israel, it's in, and it's it's just crazy. So that's one thing that's definitely uh, miraculous. Yeah. Another thing is all the different wars that Israel has been uh, mm. uh, has gone through. You know, the War of Independence in '48, the Six Day War, '67, uh, the Yom Kippur War, '73, the uh, Lebanese, uh, Lebanon. I think is 1982. All those wars, uh, uh, really. Again, if God was not behind. Uh, you know, like, you know, um, if God did not have Israel's back, Israel is such a small country that they would just cease to exist. But he said in Jeremiah 31, 35 through 37, that, you know, God gives the recipe for people if they want to destroy Israel. If you can count the stars, measure the sun and the moon and the earth, uh, and uh, and then then he will forsake Israel. That's what he says in, in, in essence. In other words, if you can measure the universe, which we're still trying to do, and, and everybody, every time they try, they go like, oh, there's more, oh, there's more. We can't measure the universe. If you can measure the universe, then I will uh, I will forsake Israel. It's God saying, you know, no way, Jose, it cannot be done. So that's another miracle that the survival uh, and the, the 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 development and the blossoming of Israel, all the all the things that came out of Israel, all the inventions that we got from the Jewish people, like drip irrigation and and all those things that the world is benefiting right now uh, because of of uh, Israeli and Jewish ingenuity and the survival of the Jewish people. So there's so many um, aspects to the miracles of the rebirth of Israel. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. There's so many of those things. You know, when you look at uh, resettled there, uh, 1948, uh, and, and, and I mean, we're just talking about the short period of time for a small landmass. And, and I, again, going back to the whole thing with the language, Look, everyone, nothing like that has ever happened before in world history with any people group that has been uh, exiled from their land, okay, to retain the language. I think, uh, I think I heard, if I'm correct, beyond 200 years of being exiled from, uh, from a land or, or something like that. And, and we're talking here about, you know, 2,000 years or roughly 2,000 years. I mean, this truly is something that is miraculous, never happened before. It's impossible, but the things that are impossible become possible when God is involved and when it's in direct fulfillment of his word, you know. And, I, and I, it just it blows my mind. Just you, you get into that. You look at how many Nobel Peace Prize winners come from Israel compared to all the rest of the world combined. That, that's I think it's I think it's twenty two percent. That's incredible from tiny Israel in just this short period of time. Nonetheless, you see that that's because we want to control the world. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. right, right. No, no, it's, it's right. It's because God is faithful. 
Yes. God is faithful. And, and it just, it, I mean, man, you just, just to study, you want to increase your faith, guys. There's so much, there's so much here just to do a study on just uh, the, the miracle of modern day Israel. You get into a study like that and you will find your faith has increased dramatically because you're going to see prophecy after prophecy after prophecy fulfilled. I mean, you just put it on there and just checklist fulfilled. Fulfilled, you know, fulfilled, I, just with that. I, sh I should have pulled, you know, I'm, I, I, you're making me think here about this great, great uh, quote from Mark Twain. I don't know if you've ever read it, uh, but I, I should have pulled it on my computer before the show. But in essence, what he's saying to people is that if you don't believe in God, look at the Jew and then you'll believe in God. Mm. I mean, and it, it's, it's, it's a very short cliff note summary of that quote by Mark Twain. And um, and it's true. If you don't believe that the 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 in in God's power and God's promises and in in God's covenant, look at the Jew today and and and, and, and like you said, you know, for two thousand years being out of the country and and coming back to the land and reviving the language. And I mean, this is, has to be one of the best proof. Uh, that goes for the existence of God. The fact that God is saying, I will never forsake Israel. And here are the Jews against all odds. We should not exist. I should not be talking to you right now. Jews should be all dead. With everything that's gone against us at the hand of, of Satan and, and all of his, uh, uh, you know, his posse, uh, we should not exist. Right. It's but totally God, right. And when, God said otherwise. And when you're mentioning, and when you're mentioning Mark Twain there, you know, and his and his quote, I was trying to look up there, but um, it's buried in there somewhere. But uh, when he was talking about how he you know, went through the land, and it's just like there's nothing living there. It's just, it's the most desolate thing I've ever seen. Right? It's just, right. It, he's like this. It's a total wasteland. And then look what God did. He literally brought it to life, man. It's, it's just incredible. Remember what it says there in Ezekiel, right? He, he did it. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely a result of, of, of I mean, I, I, it shows that God, God keeps his word, and, and it's, it's, it's so encouraging. But we're not, uh, we're not out of the woods yet, and uh, unfortunately, uh, it's going to get worse for the Jews before it gets better. And uh, that really breaks my heart. Because uh, uh, a lot of Jewish people are going to continue to go against Jesus, and they're going to be left behind. And and so uh, you know, if 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 you're a Christian, if you're listening to this program, please please pray for your Jewish friends and and be there for them, and let them know that you care about them and that you want to help them any way you can. And uh, it's it is going to get ugly for the Jews. And uh, uh, before the rapture, we still have a chance to to share and sometimes what we can do is plant a seed. And what I like to tell people is if you're talking today to a Jewish male, you could be talking to one of the 144,000 future that. evangelists. Wow. You could be planting a seed in somebody who's going like, don't talk to me about Jesus. And but you're planting a seed. And then after the rapture, this is one of the 144,000 of the 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes. So you have participated in preparing the heart and the mind of one of the 144,000. And they're going to be like 144,000 apostle Pauls on the earth mm -hmm. taking the gospel. And you could be playing a part if you take the time to even plant a seed uh, uh, with, a, with a Jewish guy, a Jewish male. So don't... Don't overestimate the power of God.
Amen. That, that's really cool, Olivier. That's, re- that's really cool, you know. And, and what does it say in uh, Proverbs? He who wins souls is wise, you know. I mean, man, that's just, uh, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. It's just all the more reason uh, why, you know, we, we sort of, so to speak, pay it forward, you know, uh, in our walk with the Lord. And uh, so as we grow, look, the, the reason why we why we eat food, well, aside from the fact that I just like food, it just tastes good, you know, <laughs> right, don't we? But, I do, too. <laughs> yeah, we like food, we like barbecue, right, and all that kind of stuff. So, but, but we eat so that it strengthens us, and that strength, so that we utilize it for our work, our job, our family, our ministry, our, you know. Well, when we eat and we partake of the Word, that's why we're called to partake of the meat of God's Word, not just milk only, right? But we partake of the meat of God's word that we may what? Grow thereby. Well, how do we grow by that? Well, we grow that with what comes in. It's got to come out. It's got to come out. We've got to have that workout of our faith from feeding on the word of God. We feed on it. And then what's one of those things that we do? Well, we encourage uh, one another. We, we're we're uh, telling everyone the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've been talking about the miracle of Israel, right? What about the miracle of salvation? Man, every born-again believer in Christ is a miracle. You know, and then we see here in uh, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Uh, this is the point that I uh, want to make here, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Well, man, I know, I know you do and I do and, and uh, our viewers do here. We see the day approaching. And so yes. there's so much that we have to exhort the brethren uh, in Christ in and, uh, and as well uh, leading those uh, to Christ uh, that they may be our, our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. That's, that's, Privilege. and we really don't know, Kurt, that we really don't know how much time we have left before the rapture. I mean, it's, uh, right. you know, things are coming, uh, you know, the things are happening so fast. And, uh, you know, the, 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 when I look at the world today, I'm thinking, my goodness, God is so patient with, so patient with mankind. I mean, uh, I see the way this world is turning and everything and how evil this world is becoming and how, irrational things are happening and people are going like, yeah, that, that sounds like that. That sounds something I want to do. I'm going to support. And I'm thinking, and, and God is still being patient with us. You know, God doesn't want for any soul to perish. So he's, he's just being very patient with us, but uh, there's so much rejection of who he is Mm. that uh, I don't know how much longer he's going to go and and just say, okay, I'm done. Right. Right. And, and, and that, that, that time is eventually time's gonna be up and the rapture's gonna happen. You know, as you're talking, I'm just thinking to myself, could you imagine if we we're doing this this program right here and we're talking about the rapture and then all of a sudden uh you've got maybe some unbeliever watching or something, they tuned into this, and then all of a sudden disappeared. Whoa, what happened? Could you imagine? Could you imagine that surviving? I, I, I would be I would be more worried if, if we do it and then you disappear and I don't, then I'll be very worried. <laughs> oh man. That's anyway. Oh yeah, but I mean, that, that was... see that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna happen in such a way that people are gonna go like, whoa, where are the people or planes falling off the sky or you know, but cars running into each other and uh and of course the Antichrist will come and then we'll reason with everybody saying this is what took place and people are going to buy it but we'll be gone uh but until we're gone we got to get busy for the for the lord 
I mean, it, it breaks my heart. Amen. Amen. Well, all right. Well, hey, it, it has just been so fantastic uh, having you on today and just uh, uh, talking with you and sharing with you and everything. Uh, just absolutely great. And uh, thank you for, for being on today, uh, Olivia. My pleasure. Really do. My pleasure. And uh, uh, people can, uh, I have a you know, couple of books that uh, if I have a minute, uh, 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 those two books that are on Amazon, then if you type my name on Amazon, you'll find those two books and other books. And they really are good to equip people to understand anti-Semitism and to fight it as Christians and to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And, all, and I have a, a lot of videos on my YouTube channel. Again, you go to YouTube, you type Olivia Melnick, you'll find me. There's only one Olivier. Uh, you know, after God made me, he said, okay, I can't make more. That's just one Olivier. I just, that's enough. But uh, anyway, Olivia Melnick. And uh, I just want to help people, uh, to help equip people to share the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah with their Jewish friends. That That is my burden. Mm. And Kurt, thank you for your love for Israel, your love for my people. And uh, thank you for inviting me on the show. And uh, we're still, you and I are still a little jealous that uh, uh, Tom is in Israel and we're not. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, seriously, seriously. I know I've got, I've got to go over there. I, I, I've got to get there. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping next year. So um, you, You've never been? No, I haven't. It, oh, my gosh. What's wrong with you? I, well, I don't know. I've been, people have been trying to figure that out for a long time. <laughs> I, I don't know. We we don't have any time to get into all that now, do we? You know. <laughs> no, that would be that at least another uh, full show, another full show to try to figure out what's wrong with you, and that wouldn't be enough. Right, 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 right. So pray for me, guys. Well, anyhow, uh, Olivier, it's been fantastic, and uh, just uh, thank the Lord for you, man. You're just such a, a a wonderful, amazing brother in the Lord. Absolutely love you. Folks, glad having you on today on uh, Hope for Our Times. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope for Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.